Welcome back to Cooking Joe. We're live at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A Legacy Forged in Black and Gold is the name of the exhibit. Steeler fans have been rolling through this morning. It's going to be up for a few more weeks, and it's just, it really is spectacular. And one of the men who helped forge that legacy, Mr. Chad Brown, had a great career with the Steelers. He's a 15-year NFL veteran, three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2023 nominee, was also part of the Colorado Buffaloes first and only NCAA championship team in 1990. What a career! Now a Broncos analyst, works for uh, ESPN Radio and others. Chad, welcome aboard here, man. We got a big Sunday going on, and I want to start with a doozy. Who are you betting on, Lamar or Patrick Mahomes? Oh, wow, you're just going to start this, the, the segment off with such a difficult one. Okay, well, thanks for having <laughs> me on, guys. Thanks for the Hot nice one early. Uh, yeah, start to the segment here. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson um, and the Ravens were the best team, particularly late this season in the NFL. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, quite uneven throughout the year, started the season off with that loss to Detroit and never really got to where we would expect them to be coming off a Super Bowl victory. Um, yet, and still in the playoffs, they were kind of able to flip the switch a bit. Um, they took on the Miami team, who, let's face it, of all 32 teams in the NFL, may have been the team least prepared to play in those weather conditions in Kansas City, um, able to get the win there. And then last week, able to get that win um, against a very tough, tough uh uh, uh, bu- Buffalo team in Buffalo, first time Patrick Mahomes had to take his show on the road. So there's a lot to say about for Kansas City and what they've able, been able to pull off this year in, in the playoffs. Uh, but I think this is a Ravens team that defensively has got uh, a lot of talent. Those two linebackers in the middle, Smith and Queen, are definitely really good players. Um, and their offense with Lamar Jackson. It seems to be moving in the right direction. Lamar's got weapons. Lamar can make plays with his feet. So I guess to answer your question, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes, although, you know, it's I could see this game coming down either way. Chad, how about the other one? What a great story uh, Dan Campbell and Detroit are trying to win a championship for the first time since 57 uh, against the 49ers. Uh, I guess Debo Samuel is a big question mark. Uh, who do you like in that one? Well, Debo still listed questionable as of uh, right now. Um, and we have seen a number of times over the last couple of years when Debo's now part of that offensive lineup, F49's offense can struggle. Uh, and we saw that in their last game. Things definitely slowed down for them once Debo left the, the, the ball game. Um, Brock Purdy is a very talented quarterback. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, I know some folks are pushing back on that. But he's good against the, the blitz. He's good in shotgun. He's good under center. Um, and he's able to distribute that ball in, in, a, in a way that gets the ball to those talented skill position players for San Francisco uh, where they're able to get some yards after catch. And they've also got that run game where it's not the most consistent of run games with Kitchen McCaffrey. It's not always five yards per carry, but it can be one, it could be two, it could be a, a, a zero game, and then he pops one for 40-plus and goes all the way to the house. So Detroit's got a lot to worry about defensively, and Detroit's secondary is not necessarily great at defending the pass. So there are some ways where I could see this game tilting towards San Francisco, but uh, this has been a season all year where Detroit has yet to flinch. 
They've always been prepared. Dan Campbell and his very uh, tough-minded approach, which started off with his introductory press conference a couple of years ago. We talked talked about biting off kneecaps. He has built a culture in Detroit of <laughs> tough-mindedness, of physicality, of of, uh, of mental toughness, and they they play with that mindset. And so I think in every game that they're in, it's almost impossible to count them out. And they've got their own set of talent as well. Former star Steelers linebacker Chad Brown is on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Chad, we were talking earlier about how big it is to play in a conference championship, even compared to the Super Bowl, I wonder, because, you know, you work your whole life to get there, to get there. And if you lose a conference championship, it just has to be, I don't know, maybe as crushing as losing the Super Bowl. And then to win one is such a big deal. And you were in uh, one of the notable ones here. And that was the 95 season where it looked for all the world like the Colts had Jim Harbaugh had completed a Hail Mary against you guys at the end of the game. So I'm curious, how did you view that game compared to the Super Bowl? And also, what was going through your mind when that pass was in the air? Well, let's not forget about the championship game loss to the San Diego Chargers. Um, oh, so that I've, I tried I've, to. I've been on both sides. <laughs> I think a lot of Steeler fans have tried to. Uh, I've, I've uh, you know, been on both sides of this championship game thing, where you win one and, and, and you lose one. Um, both are, are, are definitely crushing. Um, I would say the Super Bowl loss uh, was definitely the most crushing of any loss that I've ever had. It took me almost 10 years to move past that lost every year the two weeks leading up to the super bowl nfl network starts playing the old super bowls and they have a little 30 minute show about each of the old super bowls and at some point i'm watching nfl network and i'm flipping through and i see that super bowl come on and i sit down and i still expect us to win i still <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. my mind we are going to find a way to win this ball game and then of course the interceptions happen you know the cowboys win and I immediately flash back in my mind to two things, to standing on the edge of that field in Arizona before I had to make that long walk into the locker room at Sun Devil Stadium and watching the Cowboys celebrate, the confetti cannon, the podium coming up for the presentation of the trophy, and you know, making a vow, I'm going to be back here. I'm going to be back here. I'm going to win this thing. And then walking into the locker room, and I was on number 94, and obviously Kevin Green was number 91, so our lockers were not too far away from each other. Walking in that locker room and seeing Kevin Green, a man of, who I tremendously respected, a man of great emotional and physical and mental toughness, on the ground crying like a baby. Um, and so those are you know, my memories of that. So it took me almost 10 years for me to, I suppose, accept that loss and then uh, be able to say, yeah, I was happy that I played in a Super Bowl as opposed to what my, my thought was previously was I would have rather not have gone than to go and to lose. That's how painful that loss was. Mm. Um, so to, to flash back to the championship game, you're talking about against the Colts and Harbaugh. Uh, when that ball was up in the air, I mean, obviously, I think the entire state of Pennsylvania and Steeler fans all across the world were you know, holding their collective breath at that moment. Um, and for that pass to be broken up and a sudden sigh of relief and to realize 
you know, this goal that you talked about to play in the Super Bowl, this goal that I've wished for and longed and longed for and, you know, watched great Steeler teams in the past be a part of this experience. Now my Steeler team gets a part, be a part of the Super Bowl experience uh, was just a, a tremendously awesome feeling and such a, a great affirming football moment for me. Chad, I had to laugh when you mentioned the the loss to San Diego. Did you dance in that Super Bowl video before that game? Oh wow! Okay, we're gonna go deep here. Um, I was a young <laughs> player at that point huh? in in my career. I was a young player at that point in my career. But even I knew when I walked into that meeting that this was not right. This was not what we were supposed to be doing. To be meeting with a choreographer. And I was like, whoa. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't leave the meeting in protest. Um, I, stopped, I sat there and listened. Um, but I had won 32 games a row in high school and back-to-back championships in Southern California. You mentioned earlier, I won a national championship at the University of Colorado. And it, although those, those weren't NFL championships, I certainly knew that at no point on the championship journey do you take your eyes off the prize and start celebrating early and start thinking things are just simply going to go your way because you've had a great season up until that point. So that meeting, yeah, I, I walked in. As soon as I heard what was happening, I think I turned to somebody next to me and was like, hey, man, this ain't right. We're not supposed to do this. So, uh, you know, uh, Eric Green, I, I, I think he had a, a fun idea, but the idea needed to be kicked down the road, kick that can down the road until we win the championship game, and then we can organize it after that. But to meet the Wednesday or Thursday before the championship game and have that kind of discussion, uh, that was a, a, a jinx beyond jinxes and something that you never, ever, ever do. Chad Brown on the fan hotline. What do you make of Brock Purdy at the moment? Uh, Brock Purdy, also one of the games at Iowa State. And um, he was a good college quarterback, not great. Um, not necessarily a eye-popping physical skill set. He did have a great processing ability and the ability to get the ball into his playmaker's hands. The move into San Francisco and being at Kyle Shanahan offense where the quarterback is literally supposed to be the point guard and be the distributor. Uh, and I think Brock Purdy is very good at that. But once things start to get more difficult, uh, there's a great pass rush in front of him. Uh, maybe he's missing Debo Samuels and doesn't have – the comfort of that and the way that Debo Samuels affects defenses, and you start to take away some of those weapons or limit some of those weapons for Brock Purdy, then I think he begins to slide into a bit of a more ordinary category. So if Debo's available, uh, obviously that's going to help Brock Purdy. If the San Francisco offensive line is able to give him some time, that's obviously going to help Brock Purdy. But if things start to get difficult, as they do in the playoffs, because you're playing another really good team, um, then I I think Brock Purdy – of the four quarterbacks in the playoffs, uh, in my mind, would be the fourth-ranked quarterback. Chad, there's a lot of speculation that Miles Garrett is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. We don't understand that here because we watch T.J. Watt all the time. Can you explain why? And I don't know who you think should win it. We're having trouble figuring out why Garrett could beat out T.J. I know T.J. led the league in – sacks with 19 and made a, a number of game changing plays for the Steelers this year. But I, I think something I've noticed over the last couple of years, there seems to be this 
momentum thing that builds early in the season for some guys. And it seems like it's almost impossible to overcome if you're not that guy. For whatever reason, you have been appointed that guy from a preseason perspective. And that narrative continues all season long. Um, I live in Denver uh, most of the time. And Nikola Jokic is literally the best basketball player on the planet. He was a back-to-back MVP. But Joel Embiid, you know, started crying and making some media noise. And suddenly the narrative shifted from Jokic to Joel Embiid. And the, the NBA media decided that Joel Embiid was deserving. It was his turn to win it. I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of this turn thing. Are you the defensive player of the year or are you not? We're not in third grade. We're not taking turns. This ain't hopscotch. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're competing to be the best of the best. And given that demanding criteria and standard, uh, Miles Garrett, I think, deserves to be in the conversation. But I think even outside of Steeler country, folks would recognize that T.J. Watt was able to put together a more impactful game-changing, game-changing season. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Ron and I are at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Legacy Forged in Black and Gold is the name of the exhibit, and it's just phenomenal. Everything from the, the shoes that Joe Green wore in his final game to the six original Lombardis to the 27 bronze busts we're looking at right now because they were removed from... The main room where all the other ones are out into this exhibit. And Chad, you mentioned Kevin Green. Uh, we're looking at his bust right now, the late, great Kevin Green. And, and a lot of these guys you played with and I'm sure know very well. Another one is is uh, the man who was running things when you were here. What springs to mind when I say the name Dan Rooney? Uh, excellence and class. Um, and I, I don't think you can describe Dan Rooney in any kind of fashion without mentioning those two words. Um, I had the, the privilege of, you know, being in Canton for the Hall of Fame ceremony when Troy Palomalo went in, when Bill Cower went in, and you, you certainly have conversations with those guys, and you talk about the guys who are going in, and you talk about the guys who deserve to be in, like a Heinz Ward and those kind of conversations. But it's somewhere in almost every single conversation you have, whether you were talking with Franco, rest in peace, or, or somebody like Troy, it, it, somehow Mr. Rooney's name comes up into it and the impact that he had upon all of us and, and what he has meant to that city and that organization. I mean, you should think about the Steelers culture. We are still very early in the NFL hiring cycle where almost 25% of the league was fired, and now they're trying to replace those coaches. Um, and for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have three coaches since 1969, uh, the patience, the perspective, the desire to put good people in place and then support those good people and make sure that they are successful, um, I, I think speaks volumes about the, the legacy of Mr. Rooney and the impact that he has had upon, you know, not just one of the most successful football organizations, but one of the most successful organizations in all of professional sports. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I'm very lucky to consider myself a, a part of that family there. Every time I come back to Pittsburgh, it's always an amazing thing. And then to go to Canton and walk through the halls and see the, the impact that the Steelers have had 
um, across the league and as reflected in the Hall of Fame when you go there. And I'd love to see this new exhibit that they've got going right now. Um, I, I think all that can be kind of traced back and focused back on the Rooney family and the amazing organization and culture that, that they built. Chad, I know you got a busy schedule. Real quickly, you played for Bill Cowher. You know, what are your thoughts there? And you also played for Bill Belichick, who looks like he might not get a job in this cycle. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think Bill Cowher certainly deserves to, to, to be in the Hall of Fame as far as, you know, any future coaching uh, possibilities. I think he's enjoying his time on the media uh, and does a really good job on that with the, on the CBS pregame uh, show. Uh, as far as Bill Belichick, uh, it's an odd one for me, considering uh, two of the hires that have happened. Uh, it, it's You've got a coach, well, a couple of coaches. You've got Bill Belichick, you've got Pete Carroll, who've got Super Bowl wins on their resume, who I still think have their fastballs. And you've got a player in Mike Vrabel, who's a Super Bowl winning player, and one of the smarter coaches across the league, who all are still sitting on the sidelines. So it's a fascinating thing that these owners are still choosing to go with the hot coordinator route. Just because you're a great coordinator does not make you a great coach. So there's a risk in that proposition alone versus the clear understanding of knowing what you're going to get with Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick. Yeah, are they probably going to want more control? Well, they probably are because they've earned it, because they've been doing this a long time, because they have hoisted Lombardi trophies and national championship trophies. Their program is proven. So with that, you've got, as an owner, give up a few more concessions. I guess these owners are unwilling to do that. They want to go with the hot coordinator route. We'll see how it all pays off. But uh, I am surprised that Bill Belichick is still on the sideline waiting to get an opportunity. Chad, we appreciate the time, man. That was great. Thank you. Just tremendous, Chad. Good luck to you, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy yourself in Canada. Absolutely. Thank you. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. How about that? He paints the scene of walking in the locker room after losing to the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Kevin Green on the ground crying in the locker room. Uh, You know, you think you're going to get back. Dan Marino thought he was going to get back after his second year in the league. Yeah. Never did. You You know, it's so hard. I always say, Ben always said, it's hard to win a game in this league, let alone get to the Super Bowl legacies on the line that that those are the types of games that that this weekend is about you know Lamar Jackson's great he just is he's gonna be a two-time MVP but is he gonna is he gonna solidify is he gonna add that to his legacy this weekend that he got to a Super Bowl and then we'll have a chance to win it you know in some cases it doesn't necessarily minimize a legacy look at Dan Marino but it can certainly enhance one Ron right it sure can I mean, and how about if Mahomes wins again? Now he has to win two more games, but if he wins a third Super Bowl and probably be third Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Oh my gosh! They might as well put him in Canton tomorrow. <laughs> no, they, they, if His he bus would, should already be if in he there. Would retire? He would be. Coming up next, um, Ronnie, you ready to play a little game here? We're in Canton today. Come on, we have to talk about all-time greats. It's going to be a game of twos, Ron. I want the top two players at every position in football, in your humble opinion, 
coming up next. From quarterback to running back to offensive line to tight end to wide receiver to defensive line to I, linebacker I got, I got to secondary. All, I got all the positions. And your top two coaches. I got all the – I can do that. And I your can, punters and kickers. I can do, How do you like that? I can do all I that. mean, right behind us is is the shrine itself. It's It, it feels like you're in a religious place. It does. It's a darkened room with all the bronze busts. And I keep thinking, look look to your right, Ron. We just see the first edge. I do. I've been um, looking at it. And, and, and before you go in, it's the picture of John Madden. And he's the one that had that line that when the lights go out at night, all these busts, you can picture them talking to each other. <laughs> I get goosebumps just talking about it. It, it is chilling. I really it do. It is chilling. It is chilling. You walk in the room up there to the left, Belichick's hoodie from one of those years is in there. I mean, it's in, it's incredible. It's incranculant. It's incranculant. Then you go into this room to the left. You have a, a hologram of Joe Namath giving you a pep talk and introducing some of the famous players and their stories, inspirational stories from NFL history. It feels, and it's in, it's in what they call the locker room here. So there's actual lockers of people from all of history from, from well, they recreated Red Grange's locker to Alan Fanica's actual locker from LSU. Fanica and Lynn Swan are going to be here later today. This exhibit, uh, A Legacy Forged in Black and Gold, is going to be here for multiple more weeks. Steeler fans uh, increasing here today as the day goes on. This is amazing, Ron. This great, is the most spot. amazing setting in which I've ever done a radio show. You're among history here, man. What we do, this is the pinnacle of it. I'm going to test Ron. Every single person we talk about is going to uh, has one of those busts back there. The top two at every position in NFL history, and I might just ask you for your top two or one at every position in Steeler history. You like that, I, Ron? I can do that. Are you too. ready for that challenge? I'm ready for Are that challenge. Are you going to study? Are I'm you going to do your homework? There's a few. Positions. Are you going to write it there's down a, on a piece of paper? There's a few positions I'm a little unsure of, but I'll try to force my way through it. All right. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Run. Joe, I want to talk about Mr. Reuter Plumbing, Pittsburgh's best plumbing company. You know, we're in the Hall of Fame. Well, I'd nominate Bob Beal, uh, the owner of Mr. Reuter Plumbing, uh, for the Plumbing Hall of Fame because he's built a plumbing company empire. Going on 21 years in our market, getting bigger, stronger, better. Every single day, 50 trucks out on the road every single day. You can't help but see one. Bob learned the business from his dad back in the uh, 1960s who said, son, treat people the right way, charge a reasonable fee, do a good job, and you'll have a long, successful career. And that's what Mr. Reuter Plumbing, uh, Bob Beal has done with Mr. Reuter Plumbing. Write the number down, 412 Reuter 2 412 Reuter 2 Check out the website. It's a really good one, Mr. Reuter Pittsburgh.com. As I said, almost 21 years in our market. You know how good you have to be in anything the last 21 years in any market. Mr. Reuter Plumbing is. That's why I say without hesitation, Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Reuter Plumbing.